Hi, welcome to Conversations with Sammy. I am your host, and I'm so glad you're here. I believe in the miraculous impact of a powerful storytelling. And right here is where I invite everyday people like you and I to share their real, raw, and unedited journeys. In our conversations, we express our feelings, we celebrate our struggles, we share our visions, and together we aim to live a more fulfilling life. In this conversation, I speak with Lindsay. Lindsay shares her private experience of what it was like to realize she has gotten herself in an emotionally, mentally, and physically abusive relationship. This is a story of two women, love, big dreams, a relationship bottom without return, a new beginning. Enjoy. Hey, Lindsay. Hi, Sammy. How are you? Oh, good. Thank you for being here. How are you feeling today? Feeling good today. Got some much needed rest this weekend, so feeling good. Awesome. I was just thinking um, up until now, all of my speakers or guests were from Chicago area and you're in San Diego. Oh. So. <laughs> the special one. <laughs> yes, from the other coast. Yeah, awesome. Thank you again for making the time to um, to chat with me today. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, we're going to dive into a pretty vulnerable topic and uh, I know it takes or took you a lot of courage to start talking about that experience. And I think you're doing a tremendous, um, tremendous work probably for yourself, but most importantly for other women who uh, are still suffering in, um, in such situations. So yeah, this is really cool that you agree to share your story. So thanks again. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so I was actually um, looking at some interviews on on internet with with other women who went through a similar situations as you did. Um, and man, like I said, I I just really adored the courage and the strength um, to to safely get out of those relationships and then have the courage to speak about it. Um, so you um, you are in a relationship and marriage that. Uh, that was uh, domestically violent, mostly emotionally. And so to kick off maybe your story, um, I'm going to ask, so what was the, or before the troubles began, what was the relationship like? How did she treat you? Yeah, yeah. So um, the relationship at first, you know, I think with most relationships, they start out great. You know, you're just getting to know each other. You have that, you know, it's, it's a new feeling. It's exciting, you know, what's coming next. And so I would say for like the first few months after meeting her, it was fun. You know, it was something new, something fun. Um, she was a little bit of a different type of person than I've, that I've ever dated before. So, you know, of course, you know, you latch on to things like that. Um, and so, you know, for the first few months, it was, it was great. Um, 
and she as far it's it's hard because you know to to be in it and and to know how you were feeling at the time um that long ago but um you know as far as i can recall she treated me good um yeah. you know for the most part um looking back now and and you know knowing more about you know narcissistic behaviors and people like that um uh, i might be able to you know, pinpoint a few times that, you know, maybe she exhibited those behaviors where I didn't, where at the time I didn't notice. So, you know, Mm -hmm. things like, things like slowly starting to isolate me with, without me knowing. So, you know, me wanting to spend most of my time with them. um, And then if I you know, if I wanted to spend time with other people or, um, you know, start to focus on other things, I would feel bad in a way, you know, they would make me feel uh, bad, you know, doing that, you know, and, or make me feel like I'm not, you know, putting enough effort or attention into the relationship. And so, um, looking back, you know, I, I feel like that slowly started to happen probably a little after, a year after we met and and that's also after because when I got into a relationship with this person I jumped head first and I I just gave it my all I put in a thousand percent you know we we started businesses together you know within a year of being together we um you know we bought a property together you know after a year of being together so we kind of we're on a fast track um and I didn't even, you know, at the time it was great because, you know, I was, I was living my dream. You know, I, I had told her my dreams and aspirations and she had said, okay, let's do it. And I thought this is the greatest thing ever. Let's do it. And so she helped me start these businesses and start my ultimate dream of, you know, building an animal sanctuary. And so that's where the property came into play. So um, I think the first mistake I made was diving headfirst into the relationship and get, getting on this fast track and doing so many things with this person because, you know, I was under the impression they were, you know, they were doing this with me and, and for me and, mm-hmm. you know, because they loved me. And so I was a little bit naive at the time, like how, you know, so at first yeah. it was great, but then I think slowly it started to get a little bit more controlling after probably about a year. Yeah. Um, what were some, so what attracted you to her? It seems like you had some common plans, uh, future plans, animals were in common. What were um, some of her good traits that attracted you at the beginning? Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I'm going to kind of throw myself under the bus here, but I, I usually have a pattern or I had a pattern of um, jumping into relationships before knowing the person. And I kind of did that with her too. So anybody who kind of showed me attention or made me feel special, I felt like I was to then do the same for them, you know? So, you know, when we first met, she was, she was great. She was sweet. She, she made me feel special. She, you know, paid attention to me and was, um, you know, very giving. So I think at first that's what kind of, you know, made, made me attracted to her. Um, and I know that sounds so superficial and, um, you know, talking about it makes, (laughs) makes it sound horrible, but, um, that's kind of how that that's 
the simple answer is, you know, she, she paid attention to me. She made me feel good. You know, I, I had just gotten out of a previous relationship before, you know, a, you know, almost three year long relationship previously. And so I was just, um, coming off of that and, um, yeah, she came into my life and it was just this fun new thing. And so that's, um, that's kind of the simple answer. It wasn't, um, it wasn't anything like, you know, we didn't share like our, you know, common interests and everything like that, because looking back, we really didn't have any common interests at the time. You know, she was, I was vegan. Uh, she was not vegan at all. Um, (laughs) so, I mean, the animals definitely weren't what, you know, brought us together. Um, if anything, it's what made us stay together for too long, but, yeah. Um, the simple answer is just that, you know, I was in a place yeah. and she was there and, and offered support and um, attention to me. So, yeah, that's what I absolutely. And like they say, you know, opposites do attract. And that's, uh, that's a very yes. kind of common um, thing that we, we like someone that is very opposite. And then it's kind of just exciting to be that way. Exactly. Um, and, you know, there's no surprise. I, too like attention and I think that's one of the common factors that we end up with someone is that they are nice to us they are loving they are caring and that's I think very human to be attracted to those uh, traits because if it was the opposite then we would not probably even look that way right yeah makes sense okay um so after a couple of months what what happened what were the red flags or what were the situations that you started to notice and maybe going like hmm I don't know if this is right yeah and I I think those moments kind of happen periodically throughout the relationship and I did a great job at ignoring them Um, I I did a great job at making excuses because you know after a few months and after you know I uh, this person met my you know started meeting my friends and started meeting my family almost every single person that I, you know, brought her to meet had, you know, they told me, they were like, are you sure about this? I'm not sure. I don't know if you guys are compatible. And, you know, I would just brush it off and be like, oh, you know, you know, she's, you know, just, just give her a chance, get to know her. And so I would definitely make excuses to their concerns. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. um, and I would, I would, I probably did that, like I said, for about the first year of the relationship and uh, making excuses and, you know, because uh, my friends and family would, you know, gave me that, are you sure, Lindsay? I don't know. And I'm like, yes, it's fine. You know, I'm, you know she makes me happy. She's helping, you know, we're, you know, we're going to be starting businesses together. Like I thought this was going to be a great relationship and, you know, that this person would, you know, eventually start to mesh well with, with family. Cause you hear about those relationships with other people who, you know, the partner at first doesn't get along, but then it grows, you know, then they grow on each other and, and it works mm-hmm. out fine. Um, I just thought it was, you know, a clash in personalities, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but um, when it happens with, when, she, when it happens with everybody, you know, we all, with all of your friends, especially my mom and dad, when they tell me, you know, then that's probably, you should probably listen to them because they know me better than anybody. And, you know, I just, I ignored it. Cause I think at the time I was on a set track in my mind with this person. I said, well, we've already made these plans. You know, we, we had already start started mapping out 
life together and making these plans. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to, it, it sounded too exhausting to me. And it sounded, it just didn't sound like a good idea at the time to derail all of that. And so I just made excuses as to why I'm still with this person. And yes, they make me happy and don't worry. It'll all get, you know, all of this will, will get sorted out in time. Um, I think when, sorry, that was a long first part of your, your question. So, <laughs> yeah. so and, uh, I want to interrupt really quick. And it sounds like when people ask family and friends, are you sure? It sounds like the concern was that you guys were moving too fast, right? Yeah. Was there something yeah, I, else you think they were noticing that you didn't at the time? Right. And, and my parents, they know my, you know, my patterns with relationships too. They're like, Lindsay, you jump into relationships and you get, you know, and way involved way too fast and you lose yourself. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. But this time is different because, you know, I'm actually doing something with my life or I just made an excuse or whatever. So yes, I mean, I, I know that that was a part of the reason that they wanted me to, to slow down is because I usually just jump head first and Right. You know, just speed on through. So um, I think the, you know, when I really started to think for myself and, and notice, okay, take a step back, maybe this, you know, maybe this isn't right for me, started happening after we had opened uh, one of our vegan businesses. So we had actually owned, opened and operated two vegan restaurants in San Diego and one of them was a cafe and the other one was a sushi restaurant. And after we opened the cafe first um, and then shortly after we had purchased a property in out right outside of Austin, Texas to build the animal sanctuary on. So by then I was in so deep, right. With this person. So I kind of, I felt felt like I kind of anchored myself and stuck myself with this person because now we have all of these assets together. Right. And, um, and then shortly after we started the cafe, things started yet changing a little bit. Like she would start to get a little bit more controlling and not in a way that most people would think like, you know, tell me when I can wake up and go to sleep and who I can see, who I can't see. It wasn't like that. It was more controlling in the fact that she started, um, she started to convince me like, Hey, you know, you have, you've had your apartment. We're doing all of this stuff together. Why don't you move in with me? And so I gave up, you know, living on my own in my apartment, uh, and moved in with, with her. And so now, I was now living with her. And then shortly after that, since we were dealing with a bunch of finances with the business and everything, and then also we we started the nonprofit together, she was like, hey, we should just, um, you know, let's combine, let's combine bank accounts. And so, you know, then, then, you know, I gave up my, you know, I I combined my, my, my finances with her all, you know, and so slowly things started happening like that, where, you know, at the time I didn't realize, but she was setting it up where she had all of the control in the relationship, all the financial control, you know, where, you know, where I lived. Um, and those are, those are huge things. And then ultimately, you know, when I started, you know, when I wanted to maybe venture out and 
do new things or, or try something new, she would always make me feel bad. Like, Hey, you need to pay attention to the businesses. Hey, you need to pay attention to, to this. We're doing this now. And so it, it started slowly, but then I started realizing, Oh my gosh, like this person has total control over my entire life. And I let it happen, you know, financially, physically. Um, and I think once I realized that I was so far in and didn't really know how to, how to get out. At that time, I didn't want to get out yet because I was just like, you know what, whatever, I'll just deal with it because I have this beautiful thing. I have these vegan businesses. I have a nonprofit. I'm going to build an animal sanctuary. I'm going to live my dream. You know, if I'm not completely 100% happy with this person, that's okay because I have my dream. You know, so I started making excuses for myself and I started telling myself that I'm happy with this person when I really wasn't. So that started a really bad cycle for me. And what I'm hearing um, so far, and just from looking into like the patterns and behaviors of these controlling um, slash narcissistic behaviors is that they really go for often the physical, if there's physical abuse, the financial, like mental control. Um, which is so slippery slope. It's so sneaky because again, you know, we trust these people, we love them and and they seem to love us. And like you say, it's so easy to make excuses because it just doesn't seem real. Like it seems like, okay, well, it kind of feels off, but maybe that's how it should be. You know, maybe that's how it gets when you're trusting someone and and start even businesses and whatnot. Um, Yeah. Did you, did you, do you relate that? You, you, it sounds like you kind of woke up when it was like deep in and you're like, oh, now what? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll add to it that I think one of the turning moments was too is when, yeah, when it, when it did get physical. Because I was never, I was never a person to lay a hand on anybody. You know, I, that's just not me. And she push my buttons in a way that, that made me want to, you know, hit her. And I, and I think, you know, and I, I'm not an angel here, you know, I, I have, you know, lashed out and I, and I did slap her a few times because she drove me to that point. And then after that happened, I was like, Oh my God, who, who am I becoming? Who is this person? Why is, why is this person making me I don't want to say making me, but why is this person bringing this out of me? And I think that, you know, when that happened for the first time, when it got physical for the first time on both sides, I think that's when I was like, holy crap, like this can actually, this can actually be really bad because when physical part happens, that's when it gets a little scary. Um, so yeah, so that was definitely, and I, and I was in so deep and I was like, okay, I don't know what to do. I really didn't. And so I was just like, okay, it happened once, you know, maybe we just, I just needed to get it out and um, you know, I can just control it better next time or we can control it better next time. And you know, that never happened. So yeah. Did you ever, was... did you ever talked about like what's going on between you two, just you and her sitting down and saying, okay, what is happening here? This does not feel right. This is not us. Or you kind of brushed it under the rug and just, hoped it will disappear oh yeah many times you know whenever we would have a fight it would just be you know we would try and talk and I we would try 
and express how we're feeling. And I mean, and she, she was never good at expressing her feelings or, you know, understanding completely what's going on to the core, because I was saying like, I was, I was dating a narcissist. I was dating somebody who could do no wrong. I was dating somebody. It was always somebody else's fault. And so she would make me feel like it was always me, you know, whatever problems were happening, you know, it it was stemming from whatever I was doing. And so I think, you know, when we, we would have those conversations to try and, um, you know, work it out, it would, it would, it would be just like what you said. It would just be a brush under the rug. Like we would just say, we're both, we would both say, oh my gosh, you know, I'm sorry. I love you. You know, let's just, Mm -hmm. you know, let's do better. And, and that was pretty much it. Um, we did try to go to counseling a couple times, but you know, by then it was, it was, it was way too late by then. And I don't think either of us truly wanted it to work, but um, again, it was, it was way too late. So it was definitely more of like a brush under the rug saying, I'm sorry, and not really understanding, you know, cohesively between both of us, what truly the issue was. And I don't think, honestly, I don't think even if I did, even if we did try to talk, you know, real talk and, you know, express what the issues were, if any of the issues had to do with her, um, I don't think she would, she wouldn't have heard it. She went to, she would have heard, Oh, you're attacking me. You know, how dare you say I did something wrong. Look at everything I've done for you. Look at everything I gave you. And then make me feel bad for, you know, saying anything bad about her. So it was, it was hard to truly talk about issues with someone like that. Yeah, I, I get it. And I relate, you know, being in the cycle of kind of fighting and makeup, fighting and makeup and, and just kind of, being oh my god I don't know why this is going on and the painful part for me was really to look within myself you know sitting down and say okay what is my part here what is your part instead of going through the shaming and blaming cycle over and over again and I think that's what the solution just does not exist mm-hmm. um, and yeah um, and you know all of this is happening between you guys and in that did you did you ever talk to someone did you share with family, friends, someone? Not at first. I, because I knew that they all remember I said that, like they all had a weird feeling about her at first. So I didn't want to like, I didn't want them to, be, I didn't want to go to them and be like, you guys were right. And cause I was ashamed. I was absolutely ashamed that I had let myself get into this situation and get into this situation so far. So I actually didn't I didn't, I didn't share with anyone that there was this big of an issue going on and until the, until, you know, kind of until it all blew up really, which I think we'll talk about later, but until it actually got to the point so bad where I was, you know, fearing for my life. Um, so I hit it and I, and I just buried myself in work. I buried myself in our businesses. I buried myself in the nonprofit and I just tried to forget about it. I just wanted it to go away. So I just, you know, try to stay busy with, um, all of that other stuff. And I didn't talk to anybody about the issues that were going on in the relationship because I wasn't, you know, I was embarrassed and I felt, you know, like I shouldn't do it. And looking back now, I think a little bit of it has to do with the fact that, you know, this person did a good job at, at isolating me too. And not me not wanting to talk to anybody about it because, you know, I feel like if she found out I talked to somebody about it, she would get upset. She would get mad and I didn't know what would happen. So 
because towards the end she started making threats like you know, if you, if you do this, then I'm going to take this away from you, you know, and saying things like that. So she started instilling a little bit of fear in me too, to be able to express myself and tell my side of the story and tell people what's really going on because, um, you know, she knew that it didn't look good. So to protect herself, she would threaten and, and scare me into talking to anybody. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and um, I relate to I relate to what you said, and you know, unfortunately, we start shaming and blaming ourselves in the relationship, even though you know it's obvious often that we're suffering, you yeah. know. But then you tell someone what's going on, it's like you're like you're scared. Yeah, what will they say? They're gonna say, "Oh, I was right. You just don't want to go through all of that um, thing." And I think what keeps a lot of us women in those relationships is just the fear of being vulnerable, honest, and um, just saying like, hey, it's, it's, really, it's really not going great and I need to talk to somebody. And also from um, just reading about some of the behaviors about domestic violence and controlling people, it sounds like exactly how it started in your relationship at the beginning. It's like, you know, seduce and charm the person like or the victim and then isolate the person from friends and family and sometimes even move away to like small towns so there's like no one really to get in touch with in your case Mm -hmm. and then you know the third phase it says introducing the threats violence so like you said it blew up so what happened next yeah so um so I was as I said like she slowly you know she she slowly started taking control over my entire life. So, you know, I was completely dependent on her financially, you know, where I lived, where I worked, you know, everything was intertwined with her. And I think once she realized that, and once she knew that she knew she had the upper hand. And I think when I started becoming a little bit rebellious, that might not be the best word, but a little bit rebellious in the relationship and finally kind of standing up to her and, and, letting her know like, Hey, this, this isn't okay. I'm not happy here. I, I don't know if, um, I don't know if I want to be with you. You know, I love what we have together. I love the businesses, but you know, the relationship just, I don't think it's going to work out. And I think that was probably the worst thing you could say (laughs) to a narcissist. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, sorry. Let me backtrack too. So previously before this happened, she had actually, we were engaged actually. So she had asked me to, to marry her in Austin, Texas, where we bought our sanctuary, you know, it was, it was great. Um, and I will say there was that little pit, there was that little voice in the back of my head that said, don't say yes. You know, I wanted to say yes for, you know, reasons that I told you that I, you know, I wanted my dream, but there was that little tiny sliver of doubt that said, I don't think so. You know, I don't think, I don't think you should do this, this, you know, but you know, it was, you know, I I said yes, because, it was, you know, it was in the moment, it was kind of a pressure. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that that's another thing, too. I think she, she wanted to lock me down that way, too. Um, Okay, so going back to to present, so we were engaged. And I said, you know, I, and we, we were supposed to get married, I think, in a few months at that point. And I said, I said, we need to postpone the wedding. You know, this isn't, this isn't working. And at the time we chalked it up to, Oh, we're just so busy. You know, we told everybody else it's because we're so busy with, 
you know, the businesses and getting the sanctuary started up and, you know, so we postponed the wedding. And I think from there, after we actually did, we postponed the wedding. I think that's when I started actually expressing more and more like, I, you know, I don't think we should reschedule the wedding. I don't think, you know, this is, this is good. And that's, that's the time that we went to counseling too. We tried to go to counseling, um, but it didn't work out. So uh, one day, and I can't even pinpoint like a specific moment or time when it like all blew up. It kind of happened gradually, but one day I will say that I remember is we were, we were getting ready to open the sushi restaurant and we were renovating it from the inside. And it was just me and her in the restaurant, um, back in the kitchen area. And we started arguing about something. I I think it was about, she, she thought I was talking to someone else. She thought I was talking to a, um, another girl or, um, something. And she tried to grab, she tried to grab my phone from me and, you know, kind of, and, and snatched my phone from me and, and threw it to the ground and, and smashed it, shattered it. And then she pushed me against the, against the table. Um, Cause I was at this point, I was, I was like, kind of, I was like yelling, we were kind of screaming and yelling at each other. And, um, you know, there was people above us and beside us so people would be able to hear. Um, and I told her, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to call the cops. And um, she said, no, 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 don't call the cops. I think I actually ended up did calling the cops that day. And they ended up coming out there. But by the time they came out there, you know, she had gone, she had, she had ran away. <laughs> and I met with the cops. And at that point, I, you know, she, she had told me, she was like, you call the cops, you're going to, you know, all this is gone. You're going to lose all of this, blah, blah, blah. So by the time the cops got there, you know, they took a report and I eventually just told them, you know, sorry, it was, it was just a little fight and, you know, I don't want to press charges. So I let it go. Um, and there was another time too, we went out one night and we went out dancing at this country bar, it was, you know, it was fun for the first part of the night. And, and then again, I think I had like taken a picture and I was, and I, um, I take a picture of us at the bar and then I was, I was sending it to one of my friends, you know, saying, you know, look, look how much fun we're having, you know, wish you were with us or something like that. And I think she thought, again, I think she thought I was talking to someone else and, and, and flirting with this person when they were my friend and we end up getting in a fight in the middle of the bar there. And so I end up walking out. I end up storming out of the bar and the bar from where we lived was probably about a half a mile from where we lived. So we just walked there. Um, so I walked out of the bar and I started just walking home cause I was so upset and she actually ends up, um, following me out of the bar and she starts I forget saying something, you know, where are you going? Blah, 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 like loudly. So other people could actually see this happening, what's going on. And then I just, I, I just keep walking away from her. Cause I just don't, I don't want to get in a fight. And she ends up chasing me. She actually ends up starting to run and chase me. And she uh, tackles me to the ground because she wants to try and get my phone to see who I'm talking to. So she actually tackled me to the ground in the street and, um, 
God, I remember, I think I still have a, a, a bruise or a scrape or a scar on my knee from this is tackle me to the ground because she wanted to get my phone. And I ended up getting away from her and I, I ran the rest of the way home in heels. <laughs> so that's how badly I wanted to get out of the situation. And that was probably a night that I was, I was scared. I actually was kind of scared because it wasn't night. I was by myself running home in heels because this person was chasing after me. And, um, you know, you would think that that event would be enough for you to leave somebody. And it wasn't because I still stayed with them after that because I made excuses and I said, well, I, I have all of this stuff with them. How? Because at that point I was so far in and I was so stuck. I was financially intertwined with this person, but, you know, business-wise, I was intertwined with this person. My, I lived with this person. There was no part of my life that was my own at that point. It was, all, it was always with this person. And so no matter what happened, I felt like I couldn't get away. So even after an event like that, that happened to me, I still stayed with this person because I felt like I had to. So that was a pretty debilitating moment and feeling in my life, knowing that stuff like this can probably happen. And I am just going to stay because I don't see any way out. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing this. Um, the story. So yeah, it sounds like things are heating up and the abuse is kind of increasing um, from her and yet you still staying. So what happened next? What were the next steps after that incident? You running home in your heels, feeling really afraid of this person that you love. Yes. Yes. And then, and then I'll say the incident in the restaurant happened after that too, the one where she smashed my phone on the ground. So, um, you know, I, I started in my head thinking, you know, how, how am I going to get away from this person? So this about this time is when I started reaching out to family, friends, you know, mostly my mom and dad and kind of slow, I didn't let them know the full extent of the abuse, um, you know, the physical abuse, they, they knew about the emotional abuse that, that she was putting me through making me feel like I needed her making me feel like, you know, if I left, I would be nothing, you know, she would tell me that, I, I wouldn't be who I am without her. And after a while, I started to believe it. So the emotional abuse and, and physical abuse finally got so bad. I, I finally started talking to my mom about it and my dad. And, um, you know, they would tell me, you, know, you, have, you have to get out. You have to get out. And it's, it's, so, it's so easy to tell somebody they have to get out. It really is. But to actually do it is so challenging and so hard. And, um, so I think what I started to do little by little, just mustering up the strength and doing, doing something each day for myself. So, so for example, so I started, um, I finally convinced her that I needed to start my own bank account for, um, and I don't remember how, I don't remember why I said it, but I told her like, I, I need to be it, you know, being independent is important to me. And I really want, you know, my own bank account to have my own spending money instead of, you know, and so thank God she allowed that to happen. And I say she allowed, I, I was even scared to ask her to open up my own bank account. That's how bad it got. So that was the first thing that I did. I, I wanted to try and get financially independent again, away from her. So I, um, started my started my own bank account with my own name on it so one that she couldn't touch so that was kind of like the first step for me because uh, I knew that eventually because I, I wanted to get out right I wanted to move out eventually and I know that I needed money to do that 
So I started little by little putting money away from my work checks. Mind you, I had a full-time job uh, in a a different industry while I was running two vegan businesses and the nonprofit and planning for an animal sanctuary. So I was, I was tapped out, but I still had a full-time job where I was getting regular paychecks. And, you know, at first those paychecks were going into that joint account that me and her had. And then I did this without telling her when I set up my own personal bank account, I switched my checks to go into my personal bank account. Um, And I was scared to do this too, because I knew that she would, I knew that she would find out and she would ask me about it and ask me why I did it. Um, Which she did. She found out that I started putting my checks into there and um, I was scared, but I was like, I have to, (laughs) I have to do something. So I did it. And when she found out, you know, I kind of just told her, you know, again, I just want to be financially independent. Don't worry. I'll move money over, you know, to help pay the bills. Cause I was helping to pay a lot of bills from this paycheck that we had. So, you know, I told her like, I just want to, I want to have my money go into my bank account and um, you know, I'll just move money over to our joint one to pay for the bills. And so that's kind of my first step, what I did to start getting money um, for myself that she couldn't touch. And even though she didn't like it at first, I, I made it happen. So after that, after, you know, probably a few months and me building up, you know, a decent amount of money enough to be able to, you know, rent an apartment and move out. Um, I started looking on the down low. I started looking for places I can move out to. Um, and that was kind of the second step for me is just looking for a place to escape, looking for a place to move. Um, and simultaneous while all this was happening, you know, me and this person were still arguing, we're still fighting. I'm still saying, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't think I want to be with you right now. I don't think I want to be with you anymore. You know, I, we need, we need, we need to take a break pretty much. I just kind of kept pushing the break thing. So when I did say I wanted to move out, it wouldn't be such a shock. Um, so we both understood that the relationship wasn't the best. And we both understood that, you know, I might have to move out, um, for a few months or whatever for this break. Uh, you know, at least that's what I told her, you know, I just need to move out for a few months. We just need to take a few months break. But for me, I knew that I needed a clean break, um, eventually. So eventually I did find an apartment, uh, to be able to move out to. And, you know, I, I pretty much told her one day, you know, I found, I found a place, you know, that I can move out. Um, it's month to month. So, you know, it'll, it'll be fine. It, it'll, it sound, it's a great opportunity. And so after I had signed the lease to that apartment, I just, I felt a little bit of weight off my shoulders. Um, but this person was still very much, you know, intertwined with my life. And so uh, I finally, I, I moved out one day, I got all my crap and moved out one day with my animals and moved into the apartment. And I, you know, I thought I would feel, you know, I thought I would feel this amazing weight off my shoulders and, you know, knowing that, you know, I have my own place and everything, but it was far from that at the time, because like I said, this person is still part of my life. Um, We're still working together. We're still doing things together every single day. Um, You know, and then this person, 
you know, started to come over to my apartment, um, you know, to visit and things like that. And then, you know, this coming over to visit would turn into staying over here multiple nights. So it, it, you know, even though I got out and got my own apartment, you know, this person was still there, you know, I, and I couldn't, I didn't know how to tell them, you know, to, to leave, to go away. So, uh, you know, this person, even though I had my own place, they were still coming over and they were still there. And, you know, I still had, I still have that fear and that lingering, like what's, what's next? Because now, even though I have my own place, this person can still get to me, you know? And, and I know that I, you know, I kind of allowed that to happen too, you know, by so this person knowing where I was living and everything like that, but we work together. So like, how do I, how do you separate that? And, um, can I ask a quick yeah, question now, you know, you know, she coming over now to your new place and ends up hanging out and sleeping over. And the reason you didn't say no, was it because you were actually afraid of how she will react? You were afraid of any physical violence or hurting her feelings? I think hurting her feelings, mostly. I didn't think, you know, it wasn't to the point, um, it wasn't as heated as it was when we were physically violent in the past. It was more so... I want, I was tiptoeing. I was, I was walking on thin ice. Mm-hmm. I was tiptoeing it towing and I still was doing whatever I could to not upset her because whenever she would get upset at me, that's when the threats came, you know, that's when, you know, I'm taking this away from you. You know, you're going to lose your dream. You're going to lose this. You're going to have nothing. Um, that's when the threats came. So I was, you know, I was still doing things to make sure to not upset her because if I did, I knew that she had the power and the control to, to pretty much ruin my life. Cause she, you know, everything was intertwined. Uh, she had control over everything still, you know, the finances and everything. So um, yeah, it was definitely and to, to coddle that. It sounds, yeah. Um, it sounds like deep down, you probably didn't want her to, to linger around in your place. Right. But it was just fear of pleasing her and just avoiding all the, drama that might evolve oh god yeah and and the fact that we still you know we still owned those restaurants together we still worked together too you know so we had to talk you know we had to see each other we had to we had to run these businesses together and run this property together and yeah so it it was a very unique situation for me because even though I wanted to be free from her relationship wise you know business you know I I I still had that business relationship with her too. And I had, you know, that couldn't go away unless, unless I walked away from the businesses, which is what eventually had to happen. Okay. So what were your next step? Now you're moved out. You have your bank account. You're trying to slowly unhook yourself from this relationship, yet you're married still and have the businesses. Um, So what happened next? So, you know, things, things didn't get better. Like I said, we, we tried to go to counseling and it just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't working. So then I just started, I started telling her, you know, I don't, you know, the romantic relationship probably isn't going to work out, but you know, if, if you're willing to, I'm willing to have a, a business relationship with you to continue this, this amazing work that we're doing, because I, she knew how much the businesses meant to me. She knew how much my dream of an animal sanctuary meant to me. So she definitely used that against me. So she would tell me, you know, she would say, 
okay, yeah, yeah, we can definitely, you know, we, we can try to do a business relationship, but there were conditions, you know, I had to do this, that, and the other in order for, for the business relationship to work for her. It was never about, you know, what made me happy or what worked for me. It was always that she needed to maintain control. So, um, we would clash heads, butt heads all the time about that because I would say, you know, I thought, I thought you said yes to a business relationship. I said, I thought you wanted to try and do that, but yet you're acting like you still own me and blah, blah. So we would fight, 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 fight. And so one day she said, uh, what did she say? Oh, we were, um, so one day she said, let's, let's draw a contract up. Let's, let's do, let's, draw a contract up. And, you know, if things go south, if things don't work out, we have this contract where we can go our own ways and you get this, I get that. And I was like, okay, that's actually not the worst idea. So we started talking about, you know, contract terms and what we would do and what we would get. And I told her, I was like, you know, we made, it got technical, you know, we made this much money so far, you know, we have the property, you know, if if things go south and we can't have a business relationship, this is what you should get. This is what I should get. And we we came to some sort of agreement, you know, at first. And, you know, we were at the point where we were going to go, you know, see a lawyer, you know, get it notarized and, you know, have this piece of paper and contract to make me feel safe because I knew that she could take it all away from me. So, (laughs) you know, we did this dance for a while and keep going back and forth. We would come to an agreement, then she would change her mind or she would change the agreement. And it got to the point where I got so exhausted. And I, and I think I realized one day that she's never gonna, she's never gonna give me what I deserve. She's never gonna sign this contract. She's never, she's never gonna sign this contract unless it's all in her favor. And so I told her one day, I was like, I, I can't sign the contract with you. I can't, can't do this. Um, oh, here's a defining moment. So the defining moment, I think when it literally all came crashing down and it ended and, and I got the hell out is um, I went to go pick her up uh, from a friend's house because we were supposed to go to, we were going to go to the bank to get this contract notarized that we had both agreed to. I pick her up. We were on our way to the bank and she says to me, I'm not going to sign this. You know, I, I think, you know, I want to add this or, you know, I want to change this or something. I was, and then I got so upset. We started screaming at each other. I said, that was not the agreement. This is, this is not fair. I said, you're never going to give me what I deserve, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we started like fighting really bad in the car. Um, and she, uh, what happened? I, I was, I was like trying to drive and, and pull over because she, we were screaming at each other. Like, I, I couldn't drive like that. We were screaming at each other. She, um, I, and then I pulled over. I tell her to get out. I said, you know what? Fine. This isn't going to happen. Get out of the car. Just, just get out. I'll drop you back off at your friend's house, whatever. And she wouldn't get out of the car. She wouldn't get out of the car. So we sat there fighting, still fighting. And I said, I'm going to call. I told her I'm going to call my friend. Cause I was supposed to meet my friend later that day. Um, and I was going to be late. I was like, you know what? I need to, I'm going to call my friend, tell her what's going on. And as soon as I took out my phone to call somebody and call somebody for help, really, um, again, she reached over and tried to grab my phone from me. So I couldn't call anybody. And she actually ended up, instead of my phone, she grabbed my wrist so hard, um, 
that she, she hurt me. She hurt me. She grabbed my wrist and she slammed it against the side of the door. Um, and mind you, I had, um, I just, I had surgery on my wrist like a couple years before where I got like a metal plate in it. And so that's the wrist she grabbed and she grabbed it so hard. She threw it against the car and, um, she hurt my wrist. And I think right after she did that, she realized that I could probably get her in a lot of trouble because she, you know, there's, there's some, now there's some physical evidence and physical harm that she has caused me. So I think that alone, her doing that got her out of the car to, and, and she, she left. Um, and I think I want to say that that's probably the last time that I allowed, you know, that she, I think that's the last time I really like saw her, saw her. Um, because I actually did call the police after that happened. And I ended up going to um, the hospital for them to look at my wrist just to make sure, you know, the, you know, the plate and everything, nothing was popped out or loose or whatever. Um, and I actually did end up making a report with the police because I was like, if anything, I need to start documenting these things that are happening to me because one of the things that, you know, in not just me, but people in domestic violence relationships is there's no evidence, you know, because people don't, people don't believe you all the time when you have stories like this, you know, you need to have some sort of evidence that, you know, this is happening. So I was like, you know what, I made the first mistake of not filing the police report before when I called them, I let it go. But I was like, this time I'm going to, I'm actually going to follow through and I'm going to make the report. And so that's what I did. I made the report and I was like, finally, and I, there was some sort of, I don't know what the word is, uh, pride in me doing that. And I felt just a little bit of strength, you know, inside of me just from doing that, just from like staying, you know, holding it out and, and going through with that police report. You know, it was more of a gift to myself. Like, finally, Lindsay, you're actually standing up for yourself. And it felt really good, actually. Um, it felt really good, but really bad at the same time. But there was just a little bit of little bit of strength that I think I pulled from that from that day. Um, and so I think that was like the defining moment of, okay, this is really, this is really over. And I had to come to terms with, um, I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna lose everything. Uh, because again, yeah, the right after that, like I said, she, you know, she would threaten me with losing everything. And so sure enough, you know, what came after that was, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, the business, you know, you're losing the businesses, you're, you're, you're losing it all because, um, she actually remember how I said, she set everything up in her favor. She set everything up. So she has control. Well, she did the same thing with the businesses. She, um, she, uh, set the businesses up only in her name. So she, she had lied to me and told me that, you know, she was going to put my name on the LLC, you know, because it's just as, it's just as much mine as, as hers. Um, but she lied and she, she never did that. So the businesses were solely in her name. So she was able to kick me out just like that. And there was nothing I could do about it. So after all those years of hard work and dedication and everything that I put into building what we had was taken away from me in five minutes. And there was legally <laughs> nothing I could do at that point because my name wasn't on anything. So um, even though, even though she did that, you know, I, you know, I still felt a little bit proud of myself because I still, I, I stood my ground and I finally said, 
I'm done. So I had to be willing to literally lose everything to be free of her. And, um, it hasn't been easy. Uh, it it wasn't easy, you know, and even then, even then that day I said, I'm done, you know, it, it continued on for months though. There was still months of, you know, fighting still and, and, um, arguing and pain because you know she would still try and come back in and say you know do you she she would bait me pretty much saying you know I'll let you still be a part of this if you do this or whatever so she she would bait me with the things that she had taken away from me um kind of dangling dangling it in front of my face and um I I think I came to terms with okay I'm gonna have to let the businesses go because there's nothing I can do there um, the, the other thing that was outstanding was the property in Texas, right? The sanctuary. That was my ultimate dream, my ultimate goal. The one thing I had going for me was I owned the house. You know, I took out the mortgage. I took out a loan to be able to buy that property in Texas. So I own the house. However, <laughs> she convinced me that, you know, her name needs to be on the deed as well. So I had all of the all of the financial risk of the house and she had 50 50% ownership too but no financial risk. So she eventually once I wasn't agreeing to come back and work with her and I actually was standing my ground and I said I can't do this anymore, she said fine. I'm going to stop paying the mortgage on the house because like I said all of the money that we made in the businesses and everything was helping us pay for the animal sanctuary in Texas. So, and at that point she had taken me off all of the uh, bank accounts too. That after that day, after that day, she hurt my wrist. She had um, taken me off all of the business uh, bank accounts. So I had uh, no money <laughs> for anything. And that's when she told me she's going to stop paying the mortgage of the house. So I'm going to go into foreclosure and she's going to ruin my credit and threatened me with that. And obviously I couldn't really do much from that. Um, she knew that I couldn't afford to pay rent here, a mortgage in Texas, plus my living expenses, just from my, um, my, my work check that I was getting, it was very little. So she knew that. So again, the, the, the threats kept coming even after I had said I'm done and, and wasn't coming back to work and, uh, everything. So we fought for a, long time about, about that. And I was, you know, I almost went into foreclosure. I did. Um, and it, and it was about this time when I had almost went into foreclosure, I decided that I needed help, like, like, like legal help because I didn't see a way out of this. And I, I needed a lawyer and I had never, I just, I didn't know how I got here. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a lawyer who am I? Where am I? Um, and so I ended up, you know, finding a really great lawyer to start to help me put my life back together, you know, and to fight pretty much fight her, you know, fight her and get her to stop doing what she was doing to me. Because I think if I wouldn't, didn't wouldn't have done that legally with a lawyer, then she would still be doing what she was doing to me and then holding the house over my head and threatening me and, and, pretty much just trying to still control my life. So thankfully by getting that lawyer, it was probably a lifesaver because 
he helped me make a case against her, you know, for domestic violence. So, we, we, you know, we filed a, we filed an injunction against her for domestic violence. And at that point, I mean, I had some evidence too. And that there's one point of advice I could give anybody in a relationship right now in a, in a abusive relationship is document as much as you can get as much evidence as you can save every single text message, save every single voicemail. Um, what I did too, I, I took some secret video recordings of our fights and the things that she would say to me. So by having some of these things, uh, it really helped. It will help to get a um, restraining order against her. So after I got a restraining order, that actually helped a lot too, um, because legally she wasn't able to reach out and harass me anymore. And so that did help. It, it really did. It really helped with her contacting me. However, right after I got the restraining order, she started reaching out to my friends and my family and threatening me through them pretty much saying, you know, you better tell Lindsay this, 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 and this. So it, it was still, <laughs> it got really bad. You know, I could probably sit here and talk to you for hours about the specific things that, you know, she, she did. Um, but, you know, maybe, maybe that's for another time, but I think I'll just, I'll wrap it up and say, you know, getting the restraining order was a blessing and it really helped. And then going through my lawyer and coming to an agreement, a final, you know, legal court agreement with her, um, I think was finally the, finally the moment where I was able to say, okay, it's, it's done. Legally it's done. I'm not tied to her anymore um, because we sold the house because I had to sell the house. And so I was able to sell the house and prevent foreclosure on my record, which was great. But um, so going, finally getting through that and, and not being tied with them anymore was a, was a great feeling and is a great feeling. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I'll, I'll that's, give you a chance. Uh, that's now. amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm so glad. And, and, you know, proud of you for your courage to speak up because really abuse only thrives in silence and you took little steps and then bigger steps and got yourself out of it. So it, it's good that you're safe. Um, you're, you're working on yourself as you say, rebuilding your life. I saw that on your social media mm-hmm. and that's exciting. And really quick to, to end our conversations. Um, Lindsay, how are you healing yourself emotionally after everything you've been through? Yeah. Um, family and friends, I think are critical, absolutely critical. And I don't, I'm, I'm a person that has, um, very, you know, very few close friends. I, I, I don't have a person that, you know, I don't keep a lot of company. So I'm very thankful to have a few very amazing people in my life um, that has helped me guide me through this time. Um, my mom and my dad have been incredible. Um, so just making sure to, you know, keep in touch with them and, and let them help you because, you know, there are still some days where I don't, I fall into it, you know, I fall back into myself and I fall into a depression where I don't, I still want, I want to isolate myself and, um, you know, I'll spend all day on the couch and feeling sorry, you know, feeling sad for myself. And I'll, I'll still do that from time to time, but, you know, allowing yourself, allowing other people to help you, um, is critical. So healing myself, I think is I'm learning to take my identity back and learning to allow people to help me. 
um, has been critical and crucial. And then also, you know, getting back to, like I said, rebuilding my life. So reminding myself what my purpose is here, reminding myself what my passion is and doing something little by little to get that back. You know, I still can't bring myself to go drive by the restaurants right now because I'm still, you know, really heartbroken over losing those things. So, you know, I'm still not at that point yet. So I'm still, still working every day to, you know, get that strength back to get that autonomy back. But um, little by little, it's, it's happening. And I'm doing that mostly through the help of my friends and family. It's, you know, it's invaluable. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, as I call having your tribe is everything. And speaking about your pain and uh, your anger, your joys, for me, it's it's the best, best therapy, really. And uh, I'm so glad you're here. You're doing much better. And again, thank you for sharing your story. I think this will be a huge inspiration and help for those women that are still suffering and doubting themselves if they should stay or should go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Definitely talk about it, you know, you don't hold in it as long as I did, you know, even if it's just, just talk about it, say something that just, just that step alone helps tremendously because holding that stuff inside is, is detrimental. So yeah, you have to, there's people out there for, you know, who will listen. Yeah. Very true. There's a lot of help out there. And, uh, thanks again, Lindsay. I, I wish you a wonderful day and, uh, who knows? Maybe we'll do another episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a lot to say. There was a lot that I did. <laughs> There's a lot yeah, more there. I, so, yeah. yeah, just let me know. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you so much, Sammy. Okay. Bye now. Bye. Hi, it's me again. I have a question for you. Would you like to be on my podcast? Do you or someone you know have a story to tell? Would you like to share your journey with me? and inspire others to speak theirs. If so, feel free to contact me through my Instagram and Facebook accounts. You can find me by my name, Sammy Barks. Like the doggy. Woof! <laughs>